welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hello, crew, and welcome to episode 108 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Founder and Director of Motivate Training, Belinda Risley. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy today's episode. We'll be talking to the athlete secret weapon of Mr. Stuart Walter. Those who don't know, Stuart is actually our in-house sport hypnotherapist here at Motivate Training, who works with a lot of our athletes regarding peak performance mindset. Here's a little bit more of information about Stuart. Stuart is the secret behind 39 world champions. As mentioned, he's a specialist in peak performance mindset. His goal is getting the best of the best in the zone for the performance of their lives when it counts. For the past 15 years, Stuart has served as a peak performance mindset specialist for elite athletes, business owners, and individuals around Australia to be a better version of themselves. Highly respected as an authority for developing systems and strategies for accelerated and lasting transformation, hypnosis, and NLP form the basis of most of Stuart's work because they quickly get to the cause of the issue and simply rewire the brain for success. So throughout today's show, guys, you're going to hear about what is the difference between a sports psychologist and a sports hypnotherapist and how they serve you differently. Stuart has directly impacted the results and lives of many drivers who are now living and successfully chasing their dreams across many countries and categories around the world. From karting juniors to Porsche, factory drivers, Indy and Formula One, everyone will benefit by having the knowledge and tools to master their mind. Named by his clients as the athlete's secret weapon, Stuart really is the hidden secret behind many incredible names and results around the world. Now, the knowledge and tools these champions choose to get their head in the game is available to you. So at the end of today's show, Stuart is going to run through some courses, online courses that he has available with a special code for Motivate listeners. So I do hope you listen all the way through. If for whatever reason you can't, please feel free to get in contact with us and we can send you more information with that discount code to get you started. What do you have to win? So every month, To say thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast as we know that you have so many that you can choose for, we do offer a prize. And for this month, the prize will be Stuart's eight-week program. So please head over to your preferred listening platform and write a review, rate and review this podcast. I do hope you enjoy them, but of course, we're open to feedback and love to hear you know, would you like to hear more from drivers? Um, again, it is a motorsport coaching podcast or what kind of coaches would you love to hear from? I hope you do enjoy today's show. And as the question is, what do you have to win? Hi, Stuart, and welcome back to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Hello. I'm back. You're back. I'm back. For those that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, how you're involved in motorsports? Oh, I'd like to tell you a lot, but it's a secret. It's actually funny. That's right. <laughs> actually funny. In my previous office, I used to wear the shirt around and see athlete secret weapon. And someone said, what's the secret weapon? I went, it's a secret and walked away. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've got on the back of my shirt as well. So he's obviously gone in there, done a bit of a search on the, on the Google machine and it's come up and went, oh, works with elite athletes, works on mindset. And then he came out to see me and said, I've just done some research on you. I need you. 
he was a part owner of Brisbane Bandits baseball team. So, yeah, what I do, it's, it's one of those weird things. If you found the edge in your sport, would you go telling everyone about it? For a lot of people, no. So, therefore, hence the secret weapon. Now, I am a specialist in peak performance mindset and have been doing this now for 16 years. I work with elite athletes. I've got 39 world champions that I work with, world champion teams, individuals from you, you name a sport, been there from BMX to rugby to motor racing to what have we got, um, bull riders, NRL players, AFL swimmers, triathletes, rowers, the whole lot. There's a whole heap. Bodybuilders. Bodybuilders, another one, world champions. So there's a lot of stuff and a lot of people I work with as far as Get him in that peak performance state mentally. Okay, um, we've got the well, Winter Olympics on at the moment. And while I was having my lunch and just shoveling down a bit of food in between podcasts and interviews and clients, um, it was interesting watching these athletes perform. Like they're on the greatest stage in the world, yet the ones you expect to do well are crashing out. The ones that aren't expected to do well are coming through. Yesterday they're pushing out the big numbers. Today they're falling and crashing. If you saw the short tack short track speed skating last night was like dodgeball. It was just like 10-pin bowling. They're just not getting knocked out from all over the place. So I guess if you break it down into a professional approach, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. So I use hypnosis because it gets down to that really deep level of inner programming. A lot of people will tend to use psychology. I started off psychology degree, but being an athlete myself in martial arts, I understood that the whole concept of psychology and sports psychology seemed a bit backward for me and I kind of went looking elsewhere to find a solution because I was inconsistent in my in my sport. If you look at martial arts, I mean, I'm trained to basically kill people, <laughs> I guess, if you look at it that way. So I... Killer attitude, yeah. <laughs> my sport was like a six-metre by six-metre square mat that you are choosing to step onto in front of someone who's trained to kill you and you're trained to kill them. So you've got to be in the right headspace. If you're not in the right headspace, bang, you're knocked out, concussion, or worse. It's the same with drivers. You've got to look at that. You've got to be in the right headspace. And fortunately for me, found hypnosis. My mum was a, a naturopath and hypnotherapist. So I was talking to her before one of my, I think it was one of the state titles, and I was just explaining to her what I'm going through, the fears, the inconsistencies, the technique that I need and to basically to confront a lot of potential hurt, potential harm. And the difference for me was just incredible. And that's when my sport really took off, my business really took off, relationships took off because when you're in control of that one thing that can absolutely smash you, which is your brain, um, when you understand how it works, everything then makes sense. All your decisions are then very logical very permanent to go, right, is this working for me? No, okay, change it. And so I've had to work around and over the last eight, well, 16 years now, find ways for athletes to processes that fast track results. You can't afford to sit, like I was talking about with psychology and talk to someone for 18 months for little or no change. Psychology for me is very, it was very, where are you? Where have you been? How does it make you feel? What are you experiencing now? Oh, it's okay to feel that way. It makes you feel good about who you are or gives you an understanding of who you are. I look at this and just go, well, that's not helping the elite athlete. The everyday person, yeah, it's great. 
But the elite athlete goes, right, I want to do this. I want to achieve this. Why am I like this? Well, simple. Who do you want to be? How does this person act and behave? And let's bring that back to today. What changes do you need to make? So where a lot of people have got this, their brain is kind of, yeah, I want to do this, but I kind of separate the athlete from the person. So the athlete goes to perform that event. And when they're finished, they then go, Poof, and they're back into the person. Okay, it's like those little Russian dolls, as you know, like one inside the other. But when you think about that, it's quite accurate because you've got the conscious mind and you've got the unconscious. The conscious part of our mind is going, oh, just breathe, think of a happy place. Okay, the unconscious mind is, oh, this is scary. I don't want to breathe. I don't want to think of a happy place because this is potentially going to hurt me. So you've got the two parts of your brain in massive conflict. Okay, and that's what we need to rectify. So if you look at the typical athlete, existing results equal potential minus fear. The equation I use with anyone and any athlete out there listening, just imagine your best ever race you've ever been through, okay? When everything just worked, you're in the zone, everything seemed easy. Now use that as your potential, okay, as your marker. Where do you normally compete at? You might be at 50, 60, 70, 80, 90%. You might be at 95%, but there's always going to be that limitation. Okay, and it's all basically due to fear because you know the harder you go into a corner, the greater chance you've got of crashing. The greater chance of crashing, the greater injury, okay, physical, mental, and financial. So your brain, it's already got the brakes on before you go into any corner. And having been in a race car as a passenger, okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be the driver, love cars, Love being a passenger, love driving, but not the speeds you go. <laughs> so when these Porsches are coming up to a corner, my brain has already got the foot on the brakes, okay? And th these guys are still flat to the floor. It is amazing. So my safety program in my head, I know I have to rewire it to become a driver. Okay, it's like any successful person, in, not just in sport, but business, art, science, politics. Anyone who wants to become successful has to rewire the basic functioning of the brain. Okay? We are not designed for success. We are designed to be average, to stay average, to be hidden, to not push the limits of mind and body. Okay, So to be successful, you're going to have to do something different. Something different means you're going to be exposed physically, mentally, emotionally. Okay, if you've got any flaw in your characters, you don't want to have a big camera shoved in your face. Okay, if you look at a lot of athletes, the, the biggest fear they've got is a fear of success, not a fear of failure. Mm. It's a fear of success. Okay, because you might go, oh, I'd love to be driving a V8, but guess what? You have a bad week, you have a bad year, you have a crash, all of a sudden, bang, there's a camera shoved right in your face with all the emotions that come with it, and you've got to be able to talk and perform and make sense of everything. Meanwhile, you know you've just had close to a life-ending injury and it's going to cost you thousands of dollars to fix it. Ooh, tell me about your experience. <laughs> so, look, for me, I'd love um, working with elite athletes, more so drivers, okay? I've always, I've grown up around watching the V8s with my family if there's a connection. As you know, I work with a lot of um, drivers. I've got a lot of the Porsche Carrera Cup drivers, I've got two of the... Porsche factory drivers overseas over in Europe. I guess I can probably drop a few names. Matt Campbell, Jackson Evans. Yep. 
those guys, their success through Porsches, they've, they've come up through the Porsche pyramid, okay? And how they got there, they all had limitations. They had issues. They had doubts. They had blockages. Matty Campbell was one of my original drivers. Got him, got him through there and bang. Won Carrera Cup Championship, won, went over to Europe, won the Porsche shootout, got the Porsche Junior Factory Driver, now a full-on factory driver in Porsche. Jackson Evans, two years later, followed exactly the same process. Okay, and other drivers that have either come through that ranking, uh, if you look at someone like your Hunter McElrace, Formula Ford Racing, then went over to the USF 2000 Indy Shootout, Indy Lights. So he's gone from the USF 2000 to the, um, what was the next level up? Now he's in Indy Lights. So he's only, oh, Indy Pro to Indy Lights, and he's only got the Indy next time. So he's now driving with Andretti. So you've got to look at, look at this and go, what are all the things they've got in common? It's skills, yes. It's abilities, it's talent, it's engineering. They've also got the funding, the financials. But where do this funding and financials come from as well? As an athlete, you... And a driver, you've got to be your own marketing team, okay? You've got to be able to get out there and speak to people in their language to get the funds or the investment to be able to invest because it's not a cheap sport. I've seen some of the figures. <laughs> oh. And I did a podcast actually for a former um, GT car championship, uh, uh, Paul Stokel. Paul Stokel used to drive the back black Lamborghini Diablo and uh, production car. And the podcast was flat out or flat broke. <laughs> and I think that's very appropriate for motor racing. You've got to be flat out and probably flat broke at the same time. Okay. So I guess breaking it all down, this is what I do. I help athletes to become not just better drivers, but better humans, better, more confident internally, which is going to attract a different brand, a different look, a different image. Okay, and the brain is incredibly powerful, and I don't think people give it as much credit as it should deserve. I mean, if you look at your eating, if you've got an eating plan as a driver, if you are 100% sticking to it, that's great. But if you're not, it's your mind. Exercise plan. If you're sticking to it, that's awesome. If you're not, guess what? It's your mind that's taking you away from those two. So your mind controls every action, every behavior, every belief, every habit. So therefore, if you want the most nutritional value, exercise, uh, work, and you want to hit your potential and branding and everything else, everything that we do is driven by our own thoughts, internal and external. Mm. And our thoughts are affected by what we think. Our thoughts are affected by the conditions. So you've got to start thinking this, and I'm chucking this out there now to every driver or every parent or every coach who's listening to this because it is critical. You've got to be able to manage all these additional external factors but you've also got to be this person that as actually i won't show you any photos of drivers but generally the, the drivers that i've got when i work with them they're sitting there with their helmets on okay you probably got that's a little bit weird but guess what when they then go to a race meet whether it's karting motorbikes whether it's v8s porsches open wheelers <laughs> sorry you all started falling in on you. So, yeah, when they go to a race meet, what's during, other than gloves, the last thing they put on before they hop in the car is the helmet. Yeah. And when you think about the metaphor for that, it's basically right. When the helmet goes on, it's protecting you. It's protecting your thoughts. It's protecting your helmet. When the helmet goes on, it's blocking out any external factors. Bang, gone. So what happens is when you 
are in that state, we can get you to that peak performance state. And that peak performance state is then triggered by the helmet. Simple. And the peak performance state for me is exactly what I used to do for my sport. I needed to be in the right headspace. Okay. Stepping onto a mat when someone's trained to kill you, yeah, it's scary. But it's also you're trained to get them. So they're scared of your scare, but you want to attack, but they want to attack. And there's this constant, <laughs> I want to do something, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. So what happens is when you eliminate that fear, you step into that confidence level. As soon as you step into confidence, the other person tends to freak out a little bit. That peak performance state, I was good, strong, fast, and technical, but I didn't have the killer instinct. You know me, okay? There's not many times where you probably, where I get a bit violent and <laughs> But what I had to do, I had to, and as I do with every driver, you separate the person. So this is now the driver. So any external factors, finance, branding, uh, technical, what happened, relationships, friends, families, bang, that's all gets separated. We put the helmet on this person, we fire them up. So for me in my sport, I go, right, okay, I need to find a way that's beyond the sport. I need to find that aggression. So I got a photo of what's important. So my family laminated, sewed at the back of my jacket, went, right, that person's going to kill my family. And I'm the only person in between. So already there's a totally different state between I'm good at sport, what could happen here, versus, right, I really need to protect my family. So instead of a three-minute three three, three round fight, I'm not going to wait for someone for nine minutes if they're going to get the family. Yeah. So within 30 seconds, I'm in, out, knockout, bang, gone, and off the mat. Okay? So while they're trying to find their feet and, and my opponents were going, right, I've got to last nine minutes, I trained for 30 seconds. Okay, and that's what needed to be done. I didn't like myself. When I stepped off the mat, oh, that's better. When I stepped on, this is the zone I went into. And this is a program I do with every driver. And drivers don't, they're not aware of how relaxed they actually need to be behind the wheel. Okay, they they, they think they really need to kind of be on edge and really tight and anxious and hitting every apex and every marker. Okay, I've watched a lot of interviews with Sir Jackie Stewart back in the Formula One days, how he managed to be so relaxed, how he was so consistent and how he used to win most of his races. And, and that, he said, oh, I've got this state that he goes to. He's like, it's like a rubber ball. He said, if you're bouncing a really inflated rubber ball on uneven ground, it bounces all over the place. Okay. We are like that as well. If we're really anxious, and we, we're holding on to the steering wheel, we hit one of the apexes or a ripple step, and it's, uh, you're constantly fighting. Okay? He said if you just let some of the air out, when you bounce a ball on uneven ground, it just slowly bounces back and you've got full control. And he said cars are very much the same. So they're always going to be adjusting for the conditions, the surface, the temperature, the tyres, fuel load, whole lot. Okay, So cars are alive like you are, and if you're nice and relaxed, they're going to be the same. So you're not constantly fighting it. And I've seen some of the in-car shots from the Porsches, from <laughs> the V8s, and you can see them like this and they're really fighting. But yeah. you see some of the, the great drivers and you see them, they're just so relaxed on the wheel and so yeah, full trust. Okay, and that's what they do. So for me, the mind controls everything, but the mind is incredibly powerful and incredibly stupid. you just got to be able to manage it. Okay, some of the things, I, it's just incredible. 
the results that people have when they go, oh, okay, I didn't realise that's possible. Okay, like getting nervous. Okay, it's simple. Why are you choosing to get nervous? It's a simple thing. Oh, I'm getting nervous before an event. Why would you choose to get nervous? If nerves is an emotional state, so is happiness, so is trust. A lot of people think, but it's good to be nervous. Well, how? <laughs> when you look at nerves and how it influences the racing, you'll be absolutely astounded to realise that that's actually detrimental to your race. So it's learning how to slow down. So things like meditation are brilliant to actually slow that heartbeat down. And I've got a whole heap of stuff on online programs, ways to help athletes on any level with any budget, basically. Actually, if you're interested in a copy of the diary process, that might be very powerful for anyone who might be listening or wanting. We might just put the link in underneath it or get the free download somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's basically controlling your thoughts. Too many people think I've got no control over it. I've just got to turn up and see what my brain does. But imagine if you had some level of control. Imagine if you could direct it to where you need to go. Imagine if you knew how to slow it down. If you got yourself out of this conscious state and just go, oh, I'm going to separate myself from the athlete. And I can guarantee any of your drivers that have been what a lot of people are calling the flow state these days, I still call it in the zone. Okay. When you're in the zone as, as an athlete, it's the best experience you'll ever have. It's also the most frustrating because you spend the rest of your life trying to get back to that state. Imagine if you were in the zone every time you hopped in the car or the cart or on the bike. Imagine if you could manage that expectation of fear. Imagine if you could be in that perfect peak performance state every time. Imagine if all you had to do is just know that when your helmet went on, you were fine. So whatever's happening in the pits or at home with friends or family and relatives or loved ones, it just simply switches off. That'd be lovely. Yeah, and it is because you will perform a lot better because of all these external influences which do affect our performance. I knew that because I was travelling two weeks a year in business and I was married when I was in full-on training for the Olympics. Okay, it was inconsistent and therefore my results were. And the results I found were consistent thinking. So you take the external away, you work on this person being the athlete, you provide the trigger so when this person turns up bang you know they're going to be in the zone so there's no questioning there's no anxiousness there's no understanding second guessing whatever it is it's just purely trust and it is incredible experience so that's what i do <laughs> thank you very much for all of that it's a half hour answer to a simple question well, I was writing down a question, like you kind of just answered it in the next. So I'm like, okay, that's good. <laughs> Answer that. Oh, this is the second podcast I've done today. And look, I love talking about this stuff. I'm like even the, the previous athlete I had was the swimmer. It was his second session. So it was the first one. How was everything? He goes, you are good at your job. I said, oh, cool. What did you experience? He goes, because I, I won't say what sport, but he's got issues with family, very sick mum. Okay, it's basically terminal. Um, he's got a lot of external th stuff. He's a young kid who's living internationally in Australia to get the best quality training. So he's away from home in the middle of a global pandemic. He's only 16. Um, his mum's terminally ill and he's still got to push this. Okay, so you can see how that's going to influence training and competing. And he said, like I just said, with motor races, bang, helmets on. 
he's a swimmer, so every time the goggles go on, it's the last thing that happens. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as the goggles went on, and then he came back this week and he said just before this, he goes, that was so easy. He said, normally I'm just so anxious. He said, I can feel it in my hands and my feet. But as soon as my goggles went on, took a big deep breath in and I smiled and he said, I just relaxed and smashed out the best training sessions. The whole of this week, he said, just smashed out. He said, I couldn't think of anything that was going on external, but as soon as I got out and then went home, that's when everything started churning. So it does happen and it happens really quickly. Yeah. I mean, one of the questions I had down was, um, how long does a process, I guess, there's, you mentioned there's so many external factors that can influence the performance. So when you are working with an athlete, um, you know, is it a 12-week program or is it a bespoke service? How does someone know how long they get? Because I'm thinking, oh, I've got, you know, nutrition and exercise and family factors and travel international and sleep. And I'm thinking, yeah. do, do, we, do we tackle one of those each for sessions? Um, yeah, like how does it actually all work? And I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's it's like every racetrack. Every racetrack is going to be different. The racetrack on a Friday versus Saturday versus Sunday is probably going to be different. Correct. You've got to look at so many different factors. You got different tires, different fuel loads, different everything else going on. Uh, different positioning and starting pack. Do they reverse the top ten? Do they have a whatever it might be? Okay, there's so many different factors. You cannot change everything. What I like to do is focus on the end result. Okay, so the end result is, right, where do you want to be in three years' time? Who do you want to be in five years' time? What's the legacy you want to leave within motorsport? Okay, we've got young carters that have gone through the online program. Okay, I know exactly where they want to be in five years' time. Okay, and it's that person that they are in five years' time that we start reversing engineering back to today. Okay, so as a quick one, if I were to do a face-to-face program with anyone, it's probably going to be four sessions each a week apart over a month. Simple. Okay. And that would pretty much alleviate 90, 95% of previous issues that they've had in the past. Okay. Job done. Now, at that point in time, you might think, right, beginning of each season or just before final series, then you might need a bit of a top up. Okay. That's probably adequate for someone breaking into motorsport. If you're looking at the next level up, if you're looking at Right, they're doing a lot of international travel on a national series or a um, you know, support category. You'd probably go, okay, you probably need that first uh, four-step program, which is like, which is what I call the, the competitive edge program. Okay, and then basically maybe every two months you might need a top-up. If you've got some of these, uh, like a V8 racer, their contract is enough to justify the fact that they may go on to once a week. Once a week we have a chat or maybe on a Thursday before they travel to the race meet on a Friday or when they've done the trap tour, when they've done a, a warm-up, that's when they can do it. So it really depends on your long-term, your budget um, and the end result that you're actually after. Okay, if someone's got, someone's got $5, I'd say, look, keep the $5 and here's a free copy of the diary process. Yeah. So you actually write out how your day was in advance the next day. You can actually learn how to reprogram your own mind while you're sleeping using the right tools, the right technique, the right language. You can actually start rewiring your brain. Okay, so typically four sessions, each about a week apart is a competitive edge program for longer term, more involved people. If you look at any of the V8 drivers or international drivers, you probably need something once a fortnight, once a month or just before every race meet. 
Okay. And I've done it before. I've worked with racers and I'll travel down to Phillip Island from Queensland with them. Okay. I'll work with them in the trailer before they hop into the car to go out and do the laps. As the engineers are looking at the car and the data, the engineers are telling me, oh, this needs to happen, that needs to happen, bang. I'll take them back into the trailer, reprogram their mind according to what the technician needs, according to the data, according to the change. So it's a very interactive approach that we can work on travelling contracts, touring contracts, team contracts, not just working with the driver, but look at the mechanics. Yeah. Okay, if you look at some of the bigger V8 teams, the Shells, the Red Bulls, um, those guys, you've got to look at that and going, hang on, um, all you need, you can have the best quality car, the best driver, and you're going for a pit stop, they freak out, bang, you've lost it. Okay, again, there's more external factors. So I've actually worked with a lot of support staff because they realise that the pressure's on them to get the tyres changed quickly, to get the turnover going, to get the fuel in. Okay? Speak my language. Speak hmm. my language. It's a team effort and everybody within that team needs to be fit, healthy, physically, mentally prepared. Yeah. Right. You've got to look at it. I mean, you just got to see those overhead shots from the Formula 1. When you look at the the, <laughs> the full service tyre change, and it's all done in 2.9 seconds. Amazing. And then you see it from above and you go, look at that teamwork and look at how they're boom, boom, and they're gone. Now, you think about that within your mind. Are you that clear in your own job? Do you know? Do you trust them? Are you switched on? Any level of hint of fear, it's going to lead to second-guessing, doubting, questioning, self-sabotage, procrastination, sickness, whatever it might be. All those negative things. <laughs> yeah. So when athletes go, no, I don't get nervous. No, you may not get nervous. But if you're not sleeping properly, if you're getting sick, you're getting anxious, you're getting wrapped tight, your stomach's churning. Guess what? There's all manifested versions of that little thing called fear. So, yeah, to answer your, answer your question, there are programs going from anywhere from the online program, which is 295 US dollars. But I think we're going to do a special down to 195 US for all your motivate people. We'll have a link underneath, or if I'm already on top. The Dear Diary Process ebook, we'll just give it to everyone as a free download. And I've also got the online program, it's an eight week program that's very self paced. I've also started this year a supported version. So if you're interested in a supported version, you can do that as well. So it's me every week for an hour taking people through a group Zoom session. Wow. Okay. I'll do a. I'll have a look at the pricing on that. Normally, normally it's two ninety five for the self paced, five ninety five for the um, supported. Okay, that's every week for eight weeks. Zoom with me for an hour, but I'll I'll work out a special price for that it might come down to say yeah, maybe three ninety five, which is something. You might get a couple hundred dollars off there. We'll just chuck that link into the show notes. For yeah, we'll chuck it in there. We'll put it in the show notes and I'll give you a promo code as well. So if anyone's interested, or if you've even if you've got a group of people and they go, right, I'd love to do it, and we'll just do a special motorsport one for eight weeks, we're happy to do that. Yeah, which we'll look to do mate, possibly within our new uh, Motivate membership site. So Yeah. Well, that could, that could be either part of the membership and if anyone wants to go through, because the first of every month I'm starting a new program of elite athletes going through for an eight-week program mm -hmm. okay so the first of every month so if anyone's interested there's the first of 
what is it? First of March. First of March. Well, it'll be, it'll be the Tuesday, the first of March. So it's the first Tuesday of every month is the start of a new eight-week full group program going for two months. Something that's intrigued me, and it is a bit of your secret. Yeah. Is that you were just mentioning about how the data and then relaying that data back to the driver. Yeah. Tell us like just one little thing. So say if they said, um, give us an example. If they had to break more, what like what kind of information are you going back to work with the driver? Okay. When I'm doing that, what I'm it it all depend, depends on the driver. I'll just put that out there. Most drivers, sorry, 50% of drivers are very um, emotionally driven drivers. Okay, so they're very reactive, very responsive. They can feel the car. Whereas you've got some drivers that are very technical. All they've mm-hmm. got to do is look at the data and they go, oh, okay, I need to do that, 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 and I'll just go and do it. Okay? Yeah. Because without awareness, nothing's going to change. So there's two ways of doing it. If you're looking at just the emotional driver, okay, what we do there um, is just remove a lot of the emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay, because emotional ups and downs are questioning, doubting, self-sabotage, guessing, judging. Okay, because you've also got to, as you know, you're going flat out down to a corner and you've got to find the perfect racing line. But you've also got people behind you that are going to bomb dive you. You've got people around the outside. So you've got to attack but stop yourself from being attacked. And when you get to the front, what do you do? Do you end up looking backwards all the time or do you eyes forward and hitting your markers every time? And unfortunately, that's when I do the podcast with Jackson Evans in his poor Super Cup. Um, yeah, Jackson was a classic one. He goes, oh, I made a mistake. I crashed. I went, no, no, you didn't make a mistake. As a driver, you don't make mistakes. You chose to crash. He goes, no, I didn't choose to crash. I went, yes, you did. You chose to crash. Who, can, who controls your thoughts, actions, behaviours, beliefs, habits, reactions? You do. Okay. So why did you crash? Why did you choose to crash? He said, I wasn't. I said, what were you doing? He said, I was looking behind me. Why were you looking behind you? You're in front. Mm. I was seeing how close they were. Right. You took your eyes off the road. Yes. Then what happened? I ran off the path. I ran off the track. So you chose to crash. Yes. Crashed. (laughs) Crashed. So therefore, if you look at that, when you start looking at that, you go, there are no accidents because your brain controls those. Okay. So let's break it down to go, yeah, you can change so if you're very technical you just look at the data and as you're looking at the data and just relaxing looking at it if you can imagine what needs to happen at that point of time you'll actually find your feet twitching Mm -hmm. your arms twitching your feet twitching okay just be very very aware of that because that is actually changing the neural pathways in your mind if you're consciously trying to think and go right i have to do this i have to do that i have to do this to change this to get that then you're overthinking things. If you just read the data, and I have, I've watched it, I've got a video of it, I can't show you because it's a very well-known driver. They can be looking at the data, and as they're reading the data, their feet are heel-toeing. Okay, because the brain is going, oh, I need to bang, bang, bang. So that's what's going on. So every athlete, if you watch YouTube videos, okay, and you put yourself in the driver's seat and you can imagine that's what I'm doing, whether you're an emotional driver or a, or a logical driver watching data, your body is going to start responding and start adjusting and changing the neural pathways. What YouTube videos are we watching? Um, you can watch anything from in-car or in-cart driving. If you look at what drivers are doing in, in, in carts, so if you look at the best, who is the best 
driver in a, in a cart, okay? Watch them as they're driving and you'll find it's going to be very relaxed hitting hitting the apex and hitting the corners. But you look at someone else, it's kind of around the corner, okay? Are they smooth? Are they really fighting it? Okay, you're laughing because you've seen it. <laughs> I'm laughing at you, sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good. I learned it when I was a child pushing cars around the floor. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. I'm playing. I know. I know. So, yeah, a good way to do it. There's so many ways. The diary process is perfect because you can actually put your intention out there and start changing your habits and actions and reactions. Watching YouTube videos when you kind of sit yourself back into it, it's like, right, this is not me watching that person, but this is me watching myself on video. And yep. when you do that, you'll actually start, your muscles are twitching at the same time, so it's changing your neural pathways. If your mind is visualising it and your body's responding, it's starting to pick up the subtleties of what you're watching. Okay, I do that with all the athletes, not just drivers, but divers, um, even myself within the martial arts. I can be watching any fight, and if there's a gap that I can see that someone would have normally attacked, I can feel myself twitching and going in for it. What about bull riding? You just can't control the bull. Uh, no, but you can you can <laughs> react. Yeah. Yeah, and I've done that, yeah, because you've only got eight seconds. Okay, yeah. all you got to do is switch off for eight seconds and just kind of go with the flow. As the bull's doing this, your body is still going to be reacting and acting back. Okay, same with surfing. You can surf all you want, but I can guarantee the next wave you have never surfed. No, you never right. have and you will never do it again because right. every break is different, every surf is different. Okay, even those surf farms, they're different. I've never had surf farms. Yeah, they'll just uh, yeah, like a surf, surf ranch. I'll just have waves oh. and a big wave machine. Oh, okay. Yep. They can still increase the re and reduce the height of the waves. Where you take off is going to be different. Where you land is going to be different. How it breaks is going to be different. Okay, and like one of the surfers I had at the Olympics, um, got out there and smashed and got the Olympic bronze medal. Okay. Woo again it's down to wave selection it's down to trusting yourself it's down to being the right place at the right time and being able to position yourself okay so within racing it's the same thing if you can just imagine and utilize the simulators while doing this okay with simulators okay here's a good one for people okay get yourself nice and relaxed okay and use your put your helmet on i've done it with most of my drivers i do the session with a helmet on then they hop in a simulator and you yeah. can pretty much say that most time they're going to get a new lap record okay i've done yeah. it with drivers we yeah. do a session oh, they'll go in in the simulator i'll do a couple of laps let's just say um around sandown or around bathurst they'll do a couple of laps okay fine i'll do the work with them put the helmet on there do the work get them back in the sim and run it through you get the average of so eight to ten laps, and then do it again afterwards. Every one of them. It's always PBs. Okay, just switching off. So diary process is very powerful. YouTube, watching them. Again, I've got the document there. If you want to share the YouTube videos. I call it the YourTube process. Watching YouTube. Um, and the visualization. And visualize properly. Because it's it's interesting because there's so many people go, oh, you, you need to visualise, but no one teaches you how to do it. A coach has said, oh, you've got to close your eyes and just imagine the race. The problem is that 70% of athletes visualise the wrong way. They're actually doing damage. 
to themselves because they don't know how to visualize properly. Okay? Athletes, oh, coaches might say, don't go out hard, don't worry about this, don't protect yourself, just go. That's good, but don't think of a red hammer. Yeah. Don't think of a blue tree. Don't think of a yellow card. So what you're actually doing is your your attention is actually taken towards what you shouldn't be doing or not doing or don't want to do. Okay? Don't go out hard. So why not just go take it easy, get yourself comfortable, work within the boundaries and the parameters of the car rather than don't break it, don't crash, don't go hard and don't wear the tyres out. What have you told them to do? Nothing. Yeah. Okay, so visualising when it's done the right way can be very powerful, which is why a lot of people just go, oh, it doesn't work for me. Everyone is visual. Everyone can do it properly. Everyone can do it effectively. And, again, what I would say the ultimate thing for athletes and any driver, number one thing is aim big. Aim big. Look at the finish line. Where do you want to be? Okay, so you win karting. Then what? What do you want to do after that? Do you want to go into the V8 series? Do you want to go overseas to the IndyCar? Do you want to go into um, Porsche Super Cup? Do you want to go into Le Mans cars? You have to decide and make it very strategic. Okay? Everything's leading up to that. Yeah. Yeah, everything leading up to it is all going to fall into place. If you're focused on being in the Shell team, Shell V-Power, guess what? You focus on that because then the pathway might be uh, excels, then it might be T86, then it might be uh, Super 3, 2 or 1. Yeah. Or you might look at like your Scotty McLaughlin's. If you really want to get into the Indy, doesn't mean you have to actually follow the Indy path. That you can do very well and get to the V8s and then jump straight across as he has. Simple, isn't it? Very simple. Just so like when, you, when you have an end goal and destination, then you're more motivated, then you're more focused on it's not about the XLs, it's not about the T86s, it's not about this one, it's still focused on this result. Mm -hmm. So what are these athletes doing and start replicating what they're doing? So if, if you're like a if you're like a um, Van Gisbergen person, if you like him, model yourself off what he does. How does he eat? How does he sleep? How does he approach? How does he train? What does he do? Okay, if you want to be like a Lewis Hamilton or if you want to be like a Max Verstappen, what does he do? How does he work? How does How is he? Yeah. A lot of kids want to be like the Craig Lowndes, happy, smiling assassin, putting behind the wheel. Apparently he's the biggest pest out there in a car. <laughs> on your bumper bar and pushing out the way. But yeah. then you take your helmet off and who have you got? Happy, smiling person. So what you looking for? I'm looking at. I thought I'd close my mail again. So, <laughs> so, yeah, aim big. Don't just go, oh, I'd like to get to a V8 team. But you select the team. If you knew you couldn't fail, which team do you want to work, uh, drive with? Okay, if you want to be a Formula 1 racer, make a statement. Make it happen. Yeah. Okay, if you want to drive Porsche, okay, what level? If you want to be the Super Cup, you want to go and follow the Jackson Evans and the Matty Campbells, Matt Campbells. If that's what you want to do, make a decision and stick to it. And I can guarantee everyone, as soon as you do that and say that, you're going to go, that's not possible, you can't do that, don't you know how much it costs, and, and, and. They'll give you every possible excuse, but you know who's going to support you. Okay? You have to just make a decision and be very, very focused on it. And hungry. Oh, absolutely. Look, I'm, you, you look at every, look at, look at the Lewis Hamiltons. What is he now? 
six-time world champ? Is it six or five? Seven. Seven. Seven time. Okay. And then you go back and there's a really good video of him at the age of 14 having just won the world karting champion or something, or the British karting. Where do you see yourself in a few years? Do you see yourself in Formula 1? Yes, I'll be there. There was never any doubt. I think he'd already signed, though. Um, I, <laughs> I, think he'd just, I think when he signed that World Cardi Championship, he'd, he'd signed that deal. But anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. So there he's you focused, go. His focus was still there. but Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, even yeah, if you look at his aspirations since they were little, like, um, yeah. you know, even Katandra, the, what's her name? Katandra, Arthur, well, what's her name? Anthony, that just won the Olympic gold medal in the. Oh, Jakarta. Katandra. Yes. Jakarta, Anthony, yep. Her. Um, yeah. You know, for her, Jakarta. she's been, yeah. it's a dream come true. Like, she's been training for this since she was 15. She's only in her early 20s. And she's yeah. saying every time she's hit the, the snow, the, this has been her focus to get this gold medal. Yeah, and you've got to be that really focused on it. I remember last Winter Olympics, the Australian guy, uh, what's his name, Scott, Scotty, someone or other. Oh, oh yeah. I yeah. uh, just uh, just got out of my head. Um, snowboarder. Yeah, the snowboarder, half pipe snowboarder. Okay, um, his dream was to always be on the podium with Sean White. Sean White is, what, seven-time Olympian or something like that, five-time world medalist, gold medalist, you name it. He's Mr. – well, he is Mr. Snowboard. So that was oh, mental blank, Scotty, someone, Scotty, Scotty, someone or other. And he said, I've always imagined doing that. And there he was at the last Winter Olympics. He's got the bronze medal standing next to Sean White who's got the gold. Yeah. You couldn't wipe the smile off his face. And then interviewed and he said, he said, this is the moment that I've been dreaming about all my life. Not the bronze, but standing on the podium next to Sean White. <laughs> and there was a video of him cutting back to when he was a young kid being interviewed. So what would you like to do? Oh, I want to go on to, yeah, I want to be a professional snowboarder, go to the Olympics and stand on the podium with Sean White. He would have been eight, ten years old max. Awesome. And there he was. Just You could see it in the, in the photo. He didn't care about his bronze. It's like, oh, my God. Um, I'm on the same podium. And look, look, this is what's going to keep the motivation going. When you start hitting these resistance walls and barriers, it's easy to stop. It's easy to roll over and just go, ah, I crashed again, or I hit a brick wall or barrier, uh, or hit the tyres this time. But this is it. What's going to keep you going is that big vision at the end. Okay? It's what's been driving me for 16 years of my business. Okay, it's what's driving you. There's the end result. It's the vision. If you didn't have the vision, you wouldn't have motivation. If you didn't have motivation and the vision, you wouldn't have any direction. And that's okay? people need motivate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. it is. It's all in the name. It's motivate. See, <laughs> see motivation is only possible when you have direction. The direction yeah. is the finish line. So what does it look like when you cross that line? It's not just in carts, but maybe you want to be like, national champion cuts, that's good. But after that, after that, after that, after that, do you want to get in the V8s? Make a statement. Don't go, I just want to drive a V8. Which one? Oh, I'll be happy whichever one. No, you want. Okay, if, you, if you're happily coming last all the time in the V8 paddock, is that fun? No. No. I mean, you might be living the lifestyle, but it's pretty frustrating. Okay, but, yeah, make a decision and just keep going, 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 going and going until you get it. Okay, if if you can't find people that support you, change your group of people around you. 
I know it sounds harsh, but every one of my 39 world champions at world champion athletes, they've been through the struggles. Okay, and I'll even because we're talking about it earlier, the podcast. We'll put a link on the podcast. There's what have I got? 17 episodes of athletes and the 16 world champions and support people. Just go and listen to their stories. Yeah, they've had ups, they've had downs, um, and every one of those has created the challenges. So you can listen to these people and just go, okay, yeah, it hasn't always been easy. So if you think you want the easy path, and you're judging everyone else because it seems easier, yeah, you're never going to get there. Stuart, thank you very yeah. much for all of that information, wealth of knowledge. Team, you would be crazy if you didn't invest with Stuart or even get in contact with him. He also is our in-house sports guru over inside the Most Sport Fitness free Facebook group. So, of course, if you've got any questions at any time, that link to will also be in today's show notes. Um, as, as well as the diary process, a link to Stuart's eight-week program, uh, a link to also his podcasts, so many links, and the YouTube thing. Um, process, yeah, just they're free stuff. It's just do what you can once you start getting a bit of a result. Yeah. Then you'll understand the power that you've actually got in your mind and then you probably start looking elsewhere. But you've got to be doing something. If you don't choose me, just find something you can do to start training your mind because if you're not, you're already behind. That's right. And they need you to be their secret weapon. Oh, yeah, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, Stuart, for those that are part of our crew um, throughout the year, we'll be doing a webinar. We'll be doing yep. the junior driver development. And we'll also have our online conference coming back in 2022. I'll be there. Thanks. Welcome. Bye. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.